And welcome to another episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. E. Vandervliet here, your host with his trusted canine, Woody. Woody, how you doing? Woody says woof, and Woody says, man, is there a lot of news out there right now. But you know, folks, Woody's a dog, so he can't talk, so he has to just give you a couple of wolves, and I'll decipher those wolves for you. What we're going to do today is we're going to get right into it. Uh, there is a lot of news that comes out every morning when I wake up. I often wonder, I go, what, what's going to be the topics today if I don't have a story from previous days? And every day stuff pops up. I guess that's the beauty of having a show talking current events and political uh, events is because there's always content. There's always something coming out. Yesterday, after I finished recording the show, uh, we saw reports that President Trump was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, and then I saw a bunch of left-wing uh, lunatics start playing it down. And the way the, the media reported it kind of showed their bias. And I was going to talk about that. And then the excerpts from Bob Woodward's new book, Rage, hit the scene. And now everything has blown up. So I want to get into that first, because I've got some interesting perspectives on this that the media is not going to give you, and that you're going to have to dig deep to find, because all it is, and you guys know this, it's orange man bad. So let's get into uh, Woodward's book. So uh, Woodward, his, his book is coming out March 15th. It's called Rage, and again, it's a hit piece on the president. And the president uh, willingly sat down and interviewed, had interviews, with Bob Woodward, and also the president agreed for those interviews to be recorded. So remember, keep that in perspective. This is not a stupid man, but this may not have been the best decision, but there's always, always a reason why Trump does these kind of things. So, you know, what was in the recording, what was in the book? So I'm going to go over, not the whole thing, obviously, because the book's not released yet, but I got like eight things we're going to go over. And I'll show you some of the the hypocrisy of some of them and how the, the they basically are blown up and they're, they're nothing burgers, if you will. But the big one, obviously, I mean, you probably heard this already, is the coronavirus stuff. So, <clears throat> Here's from the Daily Caller. Recordings capture Trump admitting he knowingly downplayed coronavirus from January to March. We're in September, ladies and gentlemen, from January to March. This is important to remember. Uh, you know, the President Donald Trump told famed journalist Bob Woodward that he knowingly downplayed the threat coronavirus posed to U.S. national security for months before issuing the federal government's initial social distancing guidelines in mid-March. March 11th is when the World Health Organization called this a worldwide pandemic. March 13th is when this administration also called this a pandemic. So read that sentence again. The <clears throat> U.S. national security for months before issuing the federal government's initial social distancing guidelines in mid-March. He's not too far off from when we actually started getting serious about this. So uh, he sat down with Woodward and had that conversation on February 7th and I guess some other conversations through March. So it wasn't just a one-time setting. But February 7th is when he had this conversation with Woodward. So by March 13th, it was declared a pandemic 
and things change from there forth. So they're trying to paint this as Trump sat on all this bad information and people died. In fact, uh, <clears throat> that co-host over uh, in the morning, Joe Mika, I can't remember her last name. This doesn't matter. Uh, actually tweeted out, Trump lied, people died. Which, I mean, uh, you know, come on, Mika. That's just tired. It's just tired. But that's Mika. So she's really not that bright. She's not that deep of a thinker. So we're talking about things that conversations happened February and March. And there's been a lot of changes since then. But let's dig into it. Let's dig into... Um, what Trump said, what's in Woodward's book, some key items that have already been leaked out, and, and let's talk about it. So here's a, an article from Business Insider, not one of the greatest sources, but sometimes I like to go to left-leaning sources because, you know, I don't want to be in a vacuum, and sometimes the left-leaning sources will give you a different perspective if you read between the lines. So Business Insider is one of those sources that sometimes leans to the left, sometimes it's just out there, and sometimes gets it right. So it's not a great source, but it doesn't matter in this point because all we're doing is we're we're pulling issues out of Woodward's book. So these are, according to Business Insider, eight of the most shocking claims and Trump's quotes in Bob Woodward's new bombshell book about the president. Remember that bombshell part, too. So the first one, <clears throat> Trump admits to that he played down the pandemic. But I want to table that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's supposedly the topic du jour, the big piece that all the media is going crazy about, that he played down the pandemic. He killed people. As Mika said, Trump lied. People died. But is it really the big piece? So if it's a big piece, then let's knock out all the other seven and then get to the big piece. So here's one. Uh, letters with North Korean dictator. So uh, here from from the Business Insider piece, Trump's self-described love of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un is also detailed in the book. Woodward Export reports excerpts of Trump and Kim's letters for the first time in rage, as well as quotes from Trump on his relationships with Kim. After they first met in 2018 at the Singapore summit, Kim wrote to Trump that he would like another historic meeting between myself and your excellency, reminiscent of the scene from a fantasy film. So Kim Jong-un calls the president, your excellency. The president uh, it goes on to say, I feel pleased to have formed good ties with such a powerful and preeminent statesman. I'm sorry, that's from King Jong-un uh, as your excellency. Kim wrote in a letter. Kim also demonstrated a tactical appreciation of Trump in another letter that Woodward unearthed, recalling the moment in history when I firmly held your excellency's hand at the beautiful and sacred location as the whole world watched with great interest and hope to relive the honor of the day. Trump reciprocated the affection, telling Woodward he found Kim far beyond smart. According to Woodward, Trump bragged about how Kim tells me everything, including a gory tale of how he managed to kill his uncle. Okay. So what? <clears throat> We're supposed to be outraged by that. So what? Let's let's talk about some results. Um, North Korea has stopped testing nuclear weapons. North Korea has stopped logging missiles over Japan's head. Um, North Korea has stopped all that rattle sabering that it does. And why does North Korea? Why did North Korea always do that rattle sabering? Because every time North Korea needed money, they they'd shake everything up. Countries like the United States would give them money and they'd go away until they ran out of cash. And then they came doing it again and countries would give them cash and it was rinse, repeat, lather. It was the whole thing over and over and over. And Trump put it into it by developing a relationship. 
I don't understand why this is such a bad thing. It's also who cares? Who cares if the North Korean dictator calls Trump your excellency? I mean, nowhere in here does it say Trump says, well, I encouraged him to call me that. And I really liked it. No in here does it say Trump says, you know, I told him not to do it, but he kept doing it. So who cares? All right. Now this one, Trump bragged about a secret nuclear weapon. This one's causing quite a stir with the left, too. In fact, um, Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC, I saw a headline from her saying Trump starting uh, trying to start another nuclear war. Oh, my God, these people. All right, so let's read from this one. In one of the interviews, Woodward says Trump boasted to him, this is Woodward, about a secret nuclear weapon, adding aides later told him anonymously that they were surprised Trump disclosed it at all. Trump's nuclear brag came with his unusual set of tangents. I have built a nuclear, a weapon system that nobody has ever had in this country before, Woodward quotes Trump as saying. We have stuff that you haven't seen or heard about. We have stuff that Putin and Z, the Chinese uh, leader, have never heard about before. There's nobody. What we have is incredible. Okay. Uh, the president has mentioned has mentioned a super duper missile, quote unquote, before, which uses hypersonic technology. A Defense Department official told CNN in July. One theory, according to Inside Defense, is that the weapon in question is low yield. D-5 submarine-launched ballistic missiles armed with the W-76-2 warhead. Notice what's in here? No detail. Then they have to go into theory. Then they have to start talking about what we think it is. No detail. Don't you think our adversaries are are looking at this and going, whoa, whoa, new weapon, new nuclear weapon? What does he have? Don't, Don't you understand how that's how it works? I mean, you understand, you're listening to this podcast, but don't these people understand that, these people being on the left? Trump just put out there that we have some new nuclear weapon capacity, right? He didn't say what it was. He didn't get any detail about it, but now all of a sudden the world's going, wait, what? What? What What does the United States have? China and Russia are the biggest adversaries when it comes to nuclear proliferation. But now they don't know what we have. They can only suspect what we have and try to theorize what we have. Again, I don't see anything wrong with this. All right. Then Trump call. Here's another one. Trump calls generals a bunch of starts with a P and, you know, well, pussies book says, according to Woodward, an aide to Mattis, Trump's former secretary of defense heard the president say in a meeting, my effing generals are a bunch of P's. The veteran journalist says in the book that the president clashed with his military advisors because they politi- prioritized international alliances over his efforts on trade. Last week, the Atlanta report, the Atlantic, the Atlantic <laughs> reported bombshell allegations that Trump repeatedly disparaged members of the U.S. military, calling soldiers who died on the battlefield losers and suckers. And a little bit of coordination there, maybe. So we got the Atlantic piece that came out last week, and now this where he's calling the generals' names and no cooperation. You know, according to Woodward, an aide to Mattis. Who? Which aide? Mattis. So who? I mean, again, you know, what's wrong if a president asks the generals to do something and they, they resist or they don't want to or maybe they're lackluster? You know, a lot of these generals came up through the Obama administration because Obama got rid of a lot of career generals. So again, okay. Now we had the Atlantic story completely debunked. And now we're, we're supposed to believe it again that he's calling his generals a bunch of 
uh, pussies. And, you know, I, I'm not been in the military, but I've known my dad was in the military. I know a lot of military people. I've known a lot of military people. And the one thing that I consistently hear about the military is the generals, not all of them, but the generals are very political. They didn't get to that level in the military without being political animals. And I'm not disparaging them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to. I love the military. Support the military. Uh, they have protected our country and uh, and do amazing things. Uh, honor their service. And but again, I, you know, I I can't get upset over this one. I just can't. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on the stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choice to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters. So make sure you are ready and you vote and you vote informed. So visit go to ballot.org, enter your address to make sure that you vote and vote informed. All right. The next one, Trump's former defense secretaries calls him dangerous. All right. Mattis, Mattis told Woodward that Trump was dangerous, unfit to command in chief, unfit to be commander in chief, and has no moral compass. Mattis resigned from his post in December of 2018 after sharply disagreeing with Trump's decision to withdraw U.S. troops from Syria and Afghanistan. This is a quote from Mattis. I was basically directed to do something that I thought went beyond stupid to felony stupid, Mattis said of the withdrawal, according to the book. On another occasion, Mattis told then-Director of National Intelligence, and this is important to remember, Coates, he told the National Importance of National Intelligence, Dan Coates, that may come a time when we have to take collective action, Woodward writes, saying Mattis was worried about the danger Trump posed to the country while in office. So he's reporting that Mattis, along with the uh, Director of National Intelligence, Dan Coates, Coates is also quoted in the book too, that there may come a time when we have to talk about taking collective action. Think about that. They're no longer in position, by the way. And uh, before I close out that point, let me bring in Dan Quotes. He's Trump's former director of national intelligence. This is what they say about him. Coates, from Woodward's books, Coates came into the White House as a former senator from Indiana, recruited by fellow Hoosier, Vice President Mike Pence. While Pence urged Coates to stay and put aside his concern about Trump's, Trump's coziness with Russian President Vladimir Putin, Woodward described Coates as being dogged by a lingering suspicion. According to Woodward, Coates continued to harbor the secret belief, one that had grown rather than lessened, uh, although unsupported by intelligence proof, that Putin had something on Trump. How else to explain the president's behavior, Quotes could see no other explanation, Woodward adds. So think about that. So Mattis is telling Quotes, allegedly, that we may have to take collective action. Uh, Coates is over here saying that allegedly Trump or Putin may have something on 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 Trump, and it's just weird. Now hold on, there's there's a problem here. Do you see what the problem here is? It's a pretty serious problem. You got Coates and Mattis high up in the administration talking about taking collective action, isn't? That like plotting to overthrow 
The U.S. government isn't that plotting to take out a sitting U.S. president. So uh, over at the conservative treehouse, um, author Sundance wrote on September 9th yesterday, according to a pre-release excerpt from Washington Post, Bob Woodward writes about a discussion between General James Mattis and Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats about a plot to overthrow the elected government of the United States. What do you call a conversation between the defense secretary and the head of the U.S. intelligence apparatus where they are talking about taking, quote, end quote, collective action to remove an elected president? That's called sedition, a seditious conspiracy. That's the news out of that. It's not that this is their opinions. If these are correct, if what Woodward writing is actually true these are two high-level officials talking about taking collective actions of a sitting u.s president now keep this in mind this book all this information came out months ago they're gone they're not in the administration so are you really buying all this i mean really all right so a couple more and then we're going to get to the covid uh Here's another bullet point from the eight things that came out of Woodward's book. Trump dismisses idea of white privilege. Woodward asked Trump about the national reckoning with racism following the police killing of George Floyd. In some of the audio from Woodward's interviews, he tells Trump, we share one thing in common. We're white, privileged. Do you have any sense that that privilege has isolated and put you in a cave to a certain extent? as it put me and I think lots of white privileged people in a cave and we have to work our way out of it to understand the anger and the pain, particularly black people feel in this country. Trump's response. No, Trump responds with a chuckle. You really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? Just listen to you. He did L listen to him. He's basically that, that stupid white suburban kid with his fist up in the air at a Black Lives Matters rally berating somebody drinking a latte because they won't put their fist up in the air. This is like the most ridiculous thing that come out of this. I, I'm with Trump on this. I'm not going to sit here and t t wear this white guilt cape because of someone tells me something that they believe is black people have suffered all these years. You know what? I know a lot of black people. My daughter's half black. They can take care of themselves. I mean, get over it already. At some point in time in the world, everybody, every race, every ethnicity, every culture has been enslaved in some way or another. We don't do that anymore, at least here in the United States. It's happening in other countries, but you sure don't see or hear our left talking about that absolutely ludicrous this is probably the one that just irks me the most out of this this is supposed to be some big issue trump was right on that and the last one before we get to COVID, fauci slams trump's attention span and virus response so dr anthony fauci also plays a part in woodward's book with the nation's leading infectious disease expert complaining about the president to associates his sole purpose is to get elected fauci told an associate according to woodward fauci also decried trump's rudderless leadership and said his attention span is like a minus number, according to quotes first published in the Washington Post. So in a Fox News appearance later on Wednesday afternoon, Fauci said he didn't remember making those comments. You know, it's a wishy-washy answer, but um, if Fauci made those comments, he remembered making those comments. Now, you may not want anyone to know he made those comments, so that means it's uncooperated. That means whatever Woodward wrote, 
Fauci saying, no, I don't remember saying that. And they know Fauci is part of the problem with the coronavirus pandemic or scamdemic or scaredemic. Fauci is the one who or one of the main, main persons. Remember, I did a podcast uh, the other day. Go back and listen to it. It's a standalone, just a half hour podcast about this COVID, how this this guy in England, this researcher, the scientist, this doctor said that they got the numbers wrong, that this whole scare, they, they reported to the politicians, by the way, they are two numbers to report. One is infectious rates. One is cases. Infectious rates are the ones where, you know, you, you may get it. You only, you may not know you have it. You're not going to the hospital. You, you're more, you're almost likely hundred percent going to survive. Whereas the case is the one that you're going to the hospital. This thing has hit you pretty hard. And this is the one they worry about. And the report was that the cases was going to be 1% of the population of the world. That's 70 million people. And the infections was going to be point or, or 0.1%. They got it backwards. The cases were 0.1%, which is about right where the numbers are, where we're at right now. So those numbers were reported to politicians because politicians are not scientists. Well, maybe there's some that are that went into some politics, but politicians are politicians. They relied on the experts. All of this that we're told, rely on the experts, rely on the experts. We have and look where it's gotten us. Fauci is one of those experts. So let's go back to the COVID piece, right? Uh, Trump admits he played down the pandemic. Oh my gosh, the left is in a tizzy. Remember, Mika Brzezinski, I think is her last name, said Trump lied, people died. February 7th, allegedly is when Trump told this to uh, Woodward. I guess I shouldn't say allegedly, there's tapes of it. So this, this February 7th, they had this conversation February 7th. Woodward's a reporter, he's a journalist. If he had this information February 7th, why didn't he report it? Why didn't he come out and warn people if it's so dire? What, what, what made him hold hold this information in? So he's getting a lot of flack for that, too. Uh, there's Here's a piece in the New York Post, what Bob Woodward rip for sitting on Trump coronavirus in, interview. So if it's so bad, well, why didn't, why didn't um, Woodward tell everybody? Oh, wait a minute. I think I know why. Also from the New York Post, here's the headline. Bob Woodward's forthcoming new book on Trump, Rage, hits Amazon's bestseller list. That was August 13th. From the article, the publisher behind Bob Woodward's latest book, Rage, is expecting its biggest payday yet from its books tied to President Trump. Following the Wednesday's release of the cover and a title by Simon Schuster's Wednesday ahead of its September 15th release, pre-orders for the book propelled it to the number three spot on Amazon's best-selling list. Simon & Schuster has already enjoyed two bestsellers tied to Trump this year. First came the anti-Trump book, Too Much and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man by the President's Estranged Niece, Mary Trump, and the title, it turns, has a new rival in Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink, a pro-Trump book from the Fox News talking head, Sean Hannity, did last week. So why didn't Woodward say anything? Why didn't he warn us? Why didn't he warn us and save thousands and thousands of lives? Because he, he had a buck to make. Why didn't, wait, wait a minute, it's not just Woodward. Oh, his editors knew this. People at Simon & Schuster knew this. They read it. They go, whoa. They gotta, they're not sitting there going, holy crap. You, Bob, 
we got to warn people. No, 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 no. We're, let's not. No, Bob, we got to. No, I don't think we should. Well, why, Bob? This is this is this is like but this is breaking stuff. People, this could, we could save lives. Now, but we, you know how much money we're going to make if we do this right before election? Oh, good point, Bob. Let's go ahead and hold off on releasing this book. Yeah, follow the money. All right. So if he had this information February 7th and he didn't warn us, how can you put all this on Trump's feet? Now, Trump the White House obviously is going to come out and dis, uh, dispute Woodward's characterizations, characterizations and virus response. So uh, <clears throat> this is what uh, is coming out of the headline. This is a report from Headline USA. Uh, President Donald Trump talked in private about the deadly coronavirus last February, even as he was declaring to America it was no worse than the flu and interest and insisting it was under control. You know, maybe he did downplay it a little too much. I mean, Trump has a tendency to do that often. And but, you know, here's what Trump says. Trump said Wednesday he was just being a cheerleader for the nation and trying to keep everyone calm. I wanted to always play it down. The president said, I still like playing it down because I don't want to create a panic. So, you know, there's validity to that. And now what they're trying to say is on the February 7th call with Woodward, Trump said of the virus, you just breathe the air and that's how it's passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. It's also more deadly than even your strenuous flu. This is deadly stuff, the president repeated for emphasis. Uh, three days later, Trump struck a far rosier tone in an interview with Fox News. I don't think the virus is going to be, uh, it's going to be fine. That's quote unquote right there. Uh, Biden said Wednesday, the book shows Trump lied to the American people. He knowingly and willingly lied about the threat it posed to the country for months. Uh, you know, the the president is not there to um, give us every detail and everything in the government. He just can't because there's stuff we just can't know, right? For security reasons, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he is there to be honest with us. So I'll give them that. But at that point in time, there was so little information on all of this, and his job is to not incite panic. You saw that with the left, but no, they get a pass. Uh, Bill de Blasio was telling people to ride the subways. Nancy Pelosi went to Chinatown right after all this, after Trump banned travel from China, by the way, which was on January 31st, and to say, no, this is all blown up. So where's the, where's the death on their hands? Where Oh, that's right. The left are hypocrites and they'll never tell you that. But let's dig a little deeper, shall we? So what do we know about what was going on with the virus? All right, here's an article from WebMD uh, dated April 3rd, 2020. In a recent letter to the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy, infectious disease leaders from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine recently raised concern about this scenario, that it being airborne. In their letter, they presented evidence of the possibility that COVID-19 could be spread in the air just by breathing or talking. So in April of 03, this information was out there. Pe reporters more legitimate reporters than what we see covering the White House on April 3rd. This is from Nia Pethek, MD. Uh, you know, that the title of this article, Can COVID-19 Spread Through the Air? So they asked. They asked the White House Office of Science and Technology Policies Infects, Infections Disease. And they said, there's evidence that it possibly could. April 3rd. All right. On um, July 6th from CNN Health, coronavirus can float in air and WHO and CDC should tell people that, experts say. 
So you had CNN poking around back in July. All right. And then we got more. Uh, this is uh, from Best Life Online. Dr. Fauci says there's now evidence that coronavirus spreads this way, meaning through the air. And this was back on August 3rd. It was all it, August 3rd. Now, again, Woodward's talking with Trump back in uh, February. And they didn't know. They didn't know, but they report stuff to the president. He's more in the know than we are. Then how about this one from CNET.com? Coronavirus airborne spread. WHO calls for more evidence on COVID-19 transmission. That's dated July, 20, July 9th, 2020. There was so much information coming out about this that we still didn't know. So what was Trump supposed to do? Was he supposed to come out and say, hey, it's airborne people. Freak out. You could just be driving in your convertible and you, you catch it. But they didn't have that evidence. That wasn't conclusive. So the president's supposed to come out and say that when it's not conclusive. I mean, the World Health Organization it was saying up until uh, July, mid-July, that they need more evidence to see to see if that's true. In the meantime, cases are dropping. Cases are going down. They're not going up. We're starting to see this thing start to fade away and fade down a little. But the media is not going to let not going to let this go. Biden's going to use it. The media is going to use it. And this is all we're going to hear. Fortunately, there's just a little over a month and a half left between now and election. In world of politics, that's a long time. A couple of weeks, this will all go away. A couple of weeks, it'll all be downplayed. And, you know, I think we're going to see more from the administration because they didn't let this happen for no reason. All right. We're going to take a break on the other side. Let's get to some other news. Get off of this. I already spent too much time on it. Uh, but it is a big, big story. And we need to make sure that we are looking for information to make our own decisions and not allow the leftist media to put us up in a tizzy, to, to lather us up in emotions. And then we start making these stupid calls. Let's be smart about this and dig into the details. Talk to you just a little bit right after the break. Yeah. 